top two early stage AI altcoins. These two AI projects are sitting in the perfect spot as the AI bubble is just beginning. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. This is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing our top two early stage AI altcoins. I, I think it's fair to say that these are probably the two most. We're very bullish on these projects. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the fact that regulations coming down the pipeline uh, in terms of what's happening right now in the news, as it pertains to the EU, being the first area of the world who's actually putting forth AI regulation and although they don't specifically state these projects they pretty much say exactly what these projects are doing yeah for sure so i mean as you said this is the early, we're still in the early stages of the ai bubble and back in december and january when we made a, a few episodes about top ai altcoins we basically identified a bunch of cool looking projects in ai that we thought were very similar to the narrative which at that point was really just like chat gpt yeah. So we talked about a few projects. It was kind of, it was very early stage. We did as much research as we could at the time. It was kind of the wild west. Now, as we've seen the AI narrative around the world develop, we're seeing the directions moving. And it's, it's moving from being the wild west into it's starting to be regulated. And as you, as you just said, Europe has put down the first regulation bill. So we're starting to see the, the way that the AI narrative is going. And it's going to be going in the, in the direction of regulation, putting in some laws, and the projects that are positioned to work with this whole narrative as opposed to against it, they're in the catbird seat. And that's why we like these two projects that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, the whole chat GPT thing in the past was almost like monkey pictures for NFTs. It was really like a very consumer-facing product. Like, oh my God, this is so unique. This is so unique. So those type of projects tend to do well, like you know the Vio and the Alley and all that stuff. Yeah. However, AI is now, as, as we start to unfold and discover more about it, it's, it's a lot bigger. And there's a, there's a huge problem that persists if, if it's not tackled properly and if the right regulations are not put into place. And if the, if the right pro, there's projects out there that are help facilitating to ensure the safety of everyone moving forward. Because as Elon Musk has says, this is like one of the most dangerous things that the human race has ever seen. He's more afraid of AI than he is of nuclear weapons. Yeah, I mean, it, you can see the headlines coming out everywhere. Elon Musk has been talking about AI regulation a ton. We even saw uh, this AI pioneer, Jeffrey Hinton, resign from Google so we can speak more freely about the dangers of advanced artificial intelligence and machine learnings. And this is one of the godfathers of AI itself. Someone, someone like that, who's basically, this is, this is like his baby. He steps down from his position in AI at Google so that he can warn the world about it you know that he knows what's coming. And governments are starting, you know, they're notoriously slow movers, governments, but they're starting to catch on. So we've seen Europe, as we just said. EU lawmakers just passed a landmark artificial intelligence regulation bill this week, which proposes that generative AI systems, such as ChatGPT, they have to be reviewed before commercial release. 
and it also required developers to submit their models and systems for review before releasing them commercially. So this is the kind of the first foundation building block for what is going to be AI regulation moving forward. And we're going to see the U.S., Canada, China, the world, they're all going to be following suit in a timely manner about this one way, the first way of regulating AI, which is reviewing the systems before they're launched and also reviewing the data that is going into building the machine learning systems. And the two projects we're, we're, we're talking about today are building very, very closely in that narrative. Yeah, so my biggest concern is with this revolutionary tech is do we want it to be in the hands of giant corporations that have time and time again proven that they're not really in it for us, they're more in it for, you know, selling our data. You know, so there's the privacy concerns. It's the fact that they can control the narratives. You know, if you try to search something on Google, um, you know, the, the hand that Facebook had in the elections with Russia back in 2016, um, you know, tw the Twitter files in terms of, you know, another social media giant that was blocking important information. So do we really want to have AI technology strictly in their hands? And if it does end up going that way, wouldn't it be great to have the transparency to see exactly what their intentions are with this new technology and that's artificial intelligence? Exactly. And, you know, if you're a fan of this channel, you know what Josh and I are all about. We're all about getting in on projects before the narrative hits the mainstream. And yes, we just saw Europe talk about uh, drop this AI bill. But when the U.S. does it, that's when it's really going to start to hit home. So we've already seen Elon Musk met with the Senator, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, and they're talking about AI regulation. So it's, it's in the pipeline. We know it's going to happen. And we're reading between the lines as we always do. We're identifying the two AI projects that are most perfectly positioned to ride the AI regulation narrative when it hits mainstream, when it's on Time Magazine, New York Times. You know, that's when we're going to see the AI regulation really sweep into and, you know, spill into crypto and stocks and all that kind of stuff. But that's why we're early to the narrative again. And these two projects are the ones that you need to look at right in this narrative. And here's the thing. I think, you know, it's very easy for all of us to get so caught up. You know, we use the word project or the word altcoin. It's important to realize that these are tech companies. These are software companies. These altcoins that we're discussing, these projects can actually be utilized for all of AI, Web2 and Web3. Right. It's the exact same software. That's what, the, that's what these projects are doing. They're software companies. So I think if you view it from like maybe an early stage Google that you're investing in or an early stage Amazon that you're getting into, something like that, that that's what makes these projects so unique. Yeah, yeah for so sure. So I think it's just important. I wanted to kind of highlight the fact that they're not just altcoins. 100%. Yeah, there's a real company behind them, and it's useful for Web2 and Web3. So I went through, I read a bit of the UK's AI Act. So this is the world's first rules on artificial intelligence. And they focused on making sure that it's overseen by the people. It's safe. It's transparent. It's traceable, non-discriminatory, and environmentally friendly. So they, they say a lot of, so here's just like a really small paragraph uh, about what they're trying to do. Um, they're just trying to ensure that the AI systems placed on the union market are you, that when they're used, they're safe for everybody. You know, there's no back doors. There's nothing that's going to harm the people. The other thing that made it really, was really interesting is the fact that they're looking for safe and trustworthy AI applications. They want to ensure that when it is put into place, how trustworthy is it? You know, what's the data saying? What's the coding saying? So 
I find that that was really interesting. And that's how we said that these two projects are sitting right in the middle of everything that's occurring at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Now, that, that trustworthy word, that's a key one, right? Yeah. So that I think that's a good segue to talk about the first project that um, I think we agree sits right perfectly in this AI narrative of regulation, which is a ride chain. So if you're a fan of the channel, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, you've seen us talk about a ride chain over the past couple of months. It's become basically our favorite AI project. Not for, in, you know, so we didn't just pick it at random. It's because a ride chain is specifically working on these trustworthy proofs to help AI projects get regulated. And I think we've really been, we've been leaning into this narrative, but before we dig into a ride chain and the whole trustworthy regulation, that part of it, I just want to mention that I don't think a lot of people really realize how big the Arai chain project is oh, yeah. and that it's its <laughs> own AI-based layer one blockchain, which is now starting to have its own native AI-based layer one uh, or projects launching in the layer one blockchain like Orchai. It also has its own DEX, its own wallet, staking features. It's an AI oracle. Like this thing has, Arai chain has a whole ecosystem of AI products. But for today's episode, I think it's good that we focus on the trustworthy proofs, the AI proofs, and the whole regulation side of it. Yeah, so this is the world's first and only layer one. It's AI powered. It's a hybrid optimistic ZK roll-up layer. How often do you get a chance to identify a layer one? You know, look at like Solana. That is, you know, in my opinion, pretty junky. Yeah. Um, the market cap that it has. This is a layer one that is the building blocks for AI. For trustworthy, verifiable, transparent proofs as outlined in the world's first AI act. Makes sense like, to me. <laughs> this, so Tron has already made um, Ori its official AI partner, which is absolutely massive. They have a $100 million development fund for this. They have already done work with Ocean Proto Protocol, another massive Web3 company. Syscoin. Yep. They were... So I didn't know this at the time until doing research for this uh, episode, but they were also produced the first ever verifiable random functions on Avalanche. Interesting. Which is also quite interesting. Um, just joined Google startup cloud program. They got 50 full-time developers. This is one hell of a project. And we can go into a little bit more about the trustworthy aspect. Yes, yeah, so I think it's, it's, for me, it's the important part right now is the trustworthy proofs. So that it's not, it's for AI and real world assets, right? So they also have this whole real world assets thing, which I think they're going to be getting into later, but we'll focus on AI for now. So as you said, the international AI regulators are looking for trustworthy AI projects. And what that means is they want to be able to verify that the data going into the AI machine learning models is valid. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and we saw, was it Edward Snowden mm. in uh, Austin talking about this? He said, at the end of the day, the machine from the machine learning is only as good as the data that builds it. So if you're putting in malicious data, you're going to get harmful output. So what a ride chain was is it built this entire system for validating the data that goes into it and also by nature then preventing harmful output. So there is this graphic that I pulled from the website, which we'll have up if you're watching the YouTube episode, but it basically shows you like a plot chart of how it all works. So you have basically what they call a black box AI model. And it's a black box because, you know, like airplanes, no one knows what's in it. <laughs> and the funny thing is about AI is sometimes not even the developers, like the developers of um, ChatGPT, OpenAI, they're like, how does it work? I don't know. Uh, it could kill us. Yeah, we, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's why it's a black box. So they take, chain takes what they call a black box AI model, and then they use crowdsourced testing data, randomized test cases, then they run it through their own verification scripts and their, their nodes and their whole kind of basically the trustworthy proofs AI system they've built. And then 
it shows if the harmful AI output will be generated and it blocks it and it basically gives it, gives it a certification or not. So this is something that it sounds like almost every AI project is going to need to go through before it gets verified and before it can be released commercially. Mm. So they've built this system. You know, the regulators are just acting now as they have. But Arichain has been building this for years. Yeah. They're in the catbird seat here, and I think it's perfect. You talked about the, the, the data and the fact that this is an AI oracle. So you can think of it as like a chain link, but for AI specifically. Right. You know, everybody loves chain link, or most, of, most people do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the fact that, you know, even if you look at chain links, uh, market cap, and what Arichain's market cap looks like. Yeah. This is for AI. There's an oracle for AI. Chain link is like, you know, just web two, web three. But so, like, just from that, then there's also the interoperability aspect of it all and the amount of different projects that we bu- so building from Orichain, the fact that Orichain can actually attach itself to all these other projects like we have seen with Syscoin, Ocean, Tron, Avalanche. So this is going to start sitting at the hub of all the different projects. So I found this really, really interesting. Orichain network will be interoperable, a standout feature of Orichain's roadmap. So they're building this. Once developed, Orichain will allow easy and scalable platform adoption through bridges to the most popular blockchain networks, allowing Orichain to support more decentralized applications. So then you can start to think of Orichain as like a a quant. So not only is this like a chain link, but it's Mm. also a quant for AI as well. Yeah. Again, another massive play that's out there. Yeah. So Chainlink and Quant have maybe market caps for like 1 billion, 2 billion, something like that. Orichain sitting around 50 million. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> and maybe just before we, we uh, started recording this episode, you, be, you went on a brief uh, discussion about the AI bubbles. Talk about that a little bit because it's interesting just for people to know where we are in the context of where AI, people are going to say, oh, AI projects have all pumped. They're all going to dump now. But if you compare it to, you said like gold and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it was like the Bank of America came out with like this little graph. We'll try to get up on the, yep. for the YouTube as well. And it showed the length of time that the bubbles lasted for and the percentage increase from each asset. So I think we saw gold from 77 to 81. So it's about a four-year span, 400%. We saw the tech bubble. It lasted for about three years, another 400%. There's a few other ones that you'll see on the chart here, but the AI bubble is now only you know eight months in and we're sitting at like 60%. So it's like the baby bubble, it's right? It's the baby bubble. Yep. It's just the beginning of, you know, how much further we can actually go with AI. Yeah. So we're still so early. Yeah, we're still early. And I think it's it's important to note that if you look around the world in the tech world, I know we're so plugged into Twitter. I see it all the time. Just the things that AI are doing right now is absolutely insane. And the stock market has seen a little bit of an AI boom, but I think all investment experts agree the real AI blow off top hyper investment craze is yet to come. Here's what's going to happen with the ride chain. And, you know, I, I always like to put my future proof hat on, like yeah. figure out what's going to happen down the line. What I see is a ride chain is going to make a massive announcement and they're going to all of a sudden onboard this huge, huge company and they're going to verify and prove that their AI code is trustworthy. Mm. Okay. So that project has now done it. Are you really going to, so when another company comes out or another project comes out and they haven't, they're going to be forced to. Yep. They're going to have to start. Well, this company's already proved it. You think you're just going to all of a sudden start using other AI models that haven't actually demonstrated that they've passed an audit, that they're safe? 
They're going to have to start using a right chain. And it, once it, you know... That's going to be a snowball effect. It's 100% snowball effect that we've seen the right... The bills are already starting to pass around the world. So, yeah, I think there's there's so many things going for our ride chain. That's why we started to talk about it so much. Um, yeah, so I think keep a ride chain at the top of your watches for AI projects because, yeah, the regulation, they're right there in the regulation, and this is the way that that, that whole industry is moving. And I'm staking on my ride chain right now for, I think I'm receiving 27%. Yep. Um, for how much I've staked, if I do it for the year, I'm getting 5000 bucks. Yeah, hey. Pretty not? fucking good. <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, I think um, we, lo- we love a ride chain, as you know, but there's also a second AI project that fits into regulation and kind of the democratization of AI in a different way. Um, it's a project that we really haven't talked about as much, but I th- we, that's why we felt it was important to highlight it kind of at the end of the episode today. Um, and that's called BitTensor. So BitTensor works in, in co- you, you put it very beautifully at the start of the episode, not only do, do we want AI to be transparent and regulated in that way so that it's not harmful for the world, but we also want it to be democratized and decentralized so that it's not just mega corporations like Google and IBM and Microsoft or governments that are able to access and harness the power of AI. We want everyone to be able to do it. And because it can be quite expensive, we need projects like BitTensor to come in and make it easily accessible for everyone. Absolutely. So you can visualize BitTensor as an open sourced open AI. Because open AI was, they claim to be open source, but they're really not, as Elon Musk has come out and said. Um, so basically, this is a peer to peer network where AI models can be trained and developed in a decentralized manner so they're all shared with one another and the models can learn off of each other and everybody gains access to these models and can have their input. What's going to happen with this one I, I can foresee in the moat that it's developing is that centralized companies are not are not going to have the po- computing power necessary to run these models, especially with how expensive it is. You're going to need many computers working around the world and having all that capacity generating these models to allow them to... What's going to have, so right now, maybe this BitTensor is a little bit lagging behind the big companies like whatever Google's trying to do or OpenAI. However, once the snowball effect starts to occur and more people start putting the gener- their uh, computing power into this because it's like a mining for Bitcoin, is this is going to start to exponentially surpass because of all the computing power that's going to come into it. Yeah. And then the centralized ex- the centralized companies are not going to be able to keep up with how fast this thing's going to start learning. Yeah, it's pretty interesting when you really dive into the technology behind BitTensor. So like the problem that at the root of it the problem they're solving is that AI is inefficient and incredibly expensive as it is right now. And as I was saying with technology, if that's expensive, you don't want it to just fall into the hands of corporations and governments because they're the only ones that can afford it. So a little figure here. Google spends 75% of their electrical costs right now on machine learning. $12 million per hour to run something like ChatGPT or their BARD or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, you know, no one can afford that. No. So as things, and obviously as technology grows and becomes more mainstream, the costs do go down. But to run it at the scale that's needed for these massive programs, only the big guys are going to be able to afford this because they're the only ones that have access to the money for these operations or to be anywhere near profitable, right? So when you have something like BitTensor that comes in, they're building this open source protocol that anyone can tap into. It's doing all these machine learning and stuff for you so you don't have to spend $12 million an hour to train. And the thing about AI models is they always need to be retrained, right? GPT-2, GPT-3, GPT-4, blah, blah, blah. But with BitTensor's model, it doesn't necessarily, it's kind of always retraining itself. So you don't always need to pay for that retraining, the retraining. So if you're a software developer that's building an AI program, 
You don't have to retrain it every six, 12 months. If you're using the BitTensor open source protocol, it's kind of doing that on its own gradually step by step. So it's really democratizing access to AI, which is one reason I love it. So this is very similar in the fact to Bitcoin that there's 21 million tokens that will be available and it has its halvings and all this, all this stuff, which a lot of people are really optimistic for. Um, so with this, the mining rewards depend on how good the AI models are. So I found that really unique. Mm. Um, energy consumption. Here's where it also separates. So although it has some similarities to Bitcoin, I found this to be really interesting. So Bitcoin miners are rewarded for each block. But think about all the wasted energy that's utilized from all the people who are attempting to mine Bitcoin. So they might put all this energy in using up all this com- consumption and then they don't get the, the, the block. So where does all that power go? Well, it's, it's wasted. Yep. With BitTensor, it takes all that extra energy and it uses it to develop and train the machine learning AI models on the network. Yeah, it's really interesting. So yeah. it's really like eco-friendly as well. And, and the, the, uh, the coin, Tau, is actually built into the entire ecosystem. So any company that wants to use it to gain access to the system has to pay someone in Tau. So it's, it's not just like a governance token, right? So the token actually has utility, which we always like, and that's gaining full capacity to the network, right? Gaining access. Um, one of the co-founders, he put it kind of beautifully. He called it a, a continuous machine learning library that's accessible for everyone in a truly decentralized manner and will accelerate the adoption of AI. And I really like that because not only will the small fish and small players, like if me and you wanted to build an AI app, not only could we get access to that using BitTensor, but eventually, as you said, when it gets big enough, the big companies will be forced forced to start to to use BitTensor in theory if it all works out as they say it will. So I think the use case here is strong. It fits alongside a ride chain in terms of regulation, democratization, and decentralization of AI. Um, and yeah, it's, it's relatively new token, so there's not a ton of people talking about it. Uh, by the way, if you are interested in looking at uh, Arai Chain, the token is Arai or BitTensor Tau. Uh, we use BitGet to buy and stake and hold a lot of these. Well, staking is done off for Arai Chain. Yeah, I do it on uh, O-Wallet. O-Wallet and then on the Arai Chain website. Yeah. But for buying and selling, yeah, we use BitGet. It has all these tokens that we talk about. The thing about BitTensor Tau is it's not actually on a lot of exchanges. No, it's, it's not. only on like it's two or two exchanges. Maxi and yeah, BitGet. BitGet. So that's one of the reasons that we've switched all of our funds, you know, off of Binance and stuff to BitGet because it actually has access to small cap gems like Arai and BitTensor. So if you do want to check out the exchange that Josh and I use, it is BitGet and our descript- uh, referral link is in the description, which gets you like, I don't know, like a deposit bonus and saves you money on fees. So yeah, which worth checking good. out. Yeah, I mean, look, BitTensor, its own chain. No pre-mine, no venture capitalists. It, it fits the aspect of the dangers associated with AI regulations, sorry, with AI and how dangerous it can be. So yeah. having that open source, not having a Google or a Facebook controlling what the AI mod- models are supposed to do. And then we have a ride chain, which sits at the center of AI regulation in terms of companies, projects, anything that's Web 2 or Web 3 proving what they're doing with these, with this data and with these models. Yeah, I would say BitTensor and a ride chain specifically are the only two projects and altcoins that I'm going to be continuing to stack and hold yeah. through the bear market into the next bull market and into the next AI bubble. Because I mean, just for the reasons we outlined today, it seems like a no brainer to me. It is for sure. Hey, if you guys like this episode, make sure to smash the like button, leave some comments, let us know. Maybe there's some other AI projects that you like, and then tune into the next episode. Because that one is going to be a banger.
All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Thank you.